Hi, everybody. Jim Taddy here. And they, they tell me I have great hair still. Uh, but my, my biggest achievement this week was appearing on the Pro Sports Podcasters. Check it out. We are the Pro Sports Podcasters, where no sport is left behind. It's time for another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters with your hosts, Nee Wallace-Bruce, Corbert Durand, and Justin Williams. On this podcast, we have guests from all over the world covering every sport from artistic gymnastics to weightlifting. We are something for every sports fan on PSP. Whether your interests are the athletes playing the game, the coaches, or the media, we've got you covered. Fun and informative, honest and engaging. You won't want to miss a single episode. So let's kick this off. Are you ready to stay fit this winter? Get off the couch with Kettlebell Kickboxing Canada. Sign up now to their mobility and movement program. Use the code PSP15 to get 15% off the one-time purchase of the program. Then it's yours forever. No additional subscriptions or fees. The program is available worldwide. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Process Podcast. I am your co-host, Mr. Nemo's Bruce, and I'm joined by the co-host with the mostest, Mr. Corbett Aron, a.k.a. Kobe. Kobe, how you doing? I'm good, buddy. I'm good. And today, there's more of us. Yes, we have a full bill. We have a triple play. We have a hat trick. We have a one, two, three. We have all of our hosts. So you know it's a good interview because we have Justin Williams also joining us. Justin, how are you? Oh, I am living the metaphorical dream, boys. Absolutely. Good things come in threes and even better things come in with the yes guy. If you know what that means, you're in for a treat. And if you don't, stay listening, because you're definitely going to learn something. Because we have the iconic voice of Toronto Sports Radio. It is the yes guy himself, Mr. Jim Taddy. Jim, well, how are you doing? Good. I'm surrounded by three. You know, at three on one. This isn't fair. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a fun time, no doubt. Now, Jim, I have to ask just quickly off the bat. We're, we've got a bit going on in Toronto sports. Uh, the, the Raptors are making moves. We've got yeah. the Maple Leafs. They look like they might make a move soon. But the Toronto Argonauts have made a move with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Now, after the way their season ended with the heartbreaking loss to the Montreal Alouettes in the Eastern Final, what are your thoughts on the Argonauts for 2024? Uh, that would be positive. I mean, they had a, a good run. They just didn't couldn't win the last game. Um, the, the trick about the CFL is, um, you know, they don't hand the Grey Cup out in, in August or even right around Labor Day. It's it's how you finish. Uh, so Montreal finished strong. The Argos coasted to the finish and, and just lost all their mojo in the final game at the worst time. But I, I would say to you, you know, if the Grey Cup goes to the team that finishes strong, so if that's the Argos in 2024, they'll win it. Indeed, indeed. And it's never easy to to back up after the season that they had. Do you feel like the the start of the season that they had kind of set them up for a, a fall in a way, the fact that they were almost untested in the regular season leading up to the playoffs? Yeah, I totally agree with that. Uh, the thing of it is, is you need a battle with adversity. I, I don't know what adversity they went through other than trying to maintain their, their excellent season um, the Alouettes certainly were down and out and then regrouped. Um, I think if you go back over the Grey Cup winning teams, uh, the CFL is a hard league to dominate from start to finish. Few pull it off. Um, 
football is an emotional game. You live week by week. And if you're constantly battling adversity, as Montreal did, I, I think the road is uh, paved ahead for you to win. So, I mean, it's it's sad to say that the Argos had a great season and that got in their way, but I believe it did. No doubt about it. And, uh, yeah, I feel like when Toronto does well, it is it is good for the league overall. It's good to see the, the biggest market being successful. So long may that continue for, for the six. Oh, long may it do indeed. Mr. Jim Taddy, in this triumphant, I'm the guy who watches hockey the most, so I'll be kind of grilling you on the Leafs if you are ready, sir. Absolutely. Okay, so just like Matt Cause, who we've had on the show, by the way, shout out to that gentleman. I am just as bad at butchering names that are not generic North American names. <laughs> so <clears throat> please forgive me on this one. But I heard a whisper and rumor today that the Leafs could potentially capitalize on Columbus's unhappy David Jerdrick. <laughs> yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the defenseman, yeah. Yeah, exactly. What, what uh, yeah. say you on this? Um, well, I'm sure they'd like to acquire a lot of people. The question is, what do you give up for them, and, and how do you make it fit under the cap? Uh, I mean, this this Leafs team is uh, interesting. It's in a, a you know a wild card spot as we speak, and I don't think anybody had them there. Most people assume Boston, Florida, and Tampa would drop, and, and quite frankly, they haven't. And, and you know, Tampa's uh, since they got their goaltender Vasilevsky back has looked very good. Florida has regained its mojo, and, and Boston just never took their foot off the gas. So they're in a precarious spot here. And, you know, I, I think you could easily go through the Leafs and say they could add a couple of forwards and a couple of defensemen and then cross your fingers at the goaltending. But um, are you are you rolling the dice for this year, or like what's the game plan here? I, I don't know what it is. As a lifelong Leafs fan, I, I just want something to happen. You know, we got past the first round. I was excited. Uh, the second round kind of made me sad in my happy place. So if we could, you know, sell off Holmberg, Timmins, maybe McCabe and, and, and grab uh, David, that'd be, that'd be good for me. I'm okay with that. I'd make that trade any day of the week. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know if that guarantees you any kind of success in the spring, but. It definitely doesn't. No, it doesn't. So, uh, you know, this is the ultimate game. I, I guess the bottom line is the Leafs are in a worse position than anybody assumed they would be in when the season started. So, you know, maybe it's just not that year, but I, I don't really know how you would go about fixing that because there's a lot. Of, I mean, we're not talking about adding depth players. We're talking about mm -hmm. adding A players. So um, that that's a that's a tricky thing to do at the deadline. And that's exactly it. I mean, we all saw that uh, Vancouver is just making all these trades everywhere with everybody and anything. Um, I'm pretty sure they're going to call up my dad for some reason. Don't know why, but he'll probably get a phone call soon enough. But then further this point, you're right. The, the Leafs, for whatever reason, are just not as functional as they were last year. They don't feel as strong. It's just there's something missing. Do you think it could be something to do with the coaching staff? Don't really know. I uh... I, I don't, I, you know, it's it's a hard thing to pinpoint because a lot of the, the offseason moves, the, the depth players are really good. Uh, the A players that they signed, not so good. So Bertuzzi and Domi haven't really delivered the way anybody thought. The defenseman um, didn't turn out. And uh, so when you, you go through it all, I mean, there's three big signings there. They didn't work out, but Benoit's worked out. Marty Jones has worked out. Uh, Noah Gregor's worked out. Uh, and, and so, you know, it, it just... The sizzle isn't there. I don't know how you would fix this in in a short period of time is what I'm looking for. I, I don't know either. But, I mean, you know, Jones has just been 
everything we need plus some. Uh, I was a little, a little, I don't want to say miffed. I'm confused by Giordano. I don't know how I personally feel about sometimes his play. I was like, oh, there he is. And then I'm like, oh, where'd he go? I don't, I don't know. Did you see wow. him? I missed him. Is his face on a milk carton? He's gone somewhere. He is 40. I mean, you know, he's, he shouldn't be, you, should, you couldn't get big minutes out of him. So the guy I was, I was fumbling around for his name was Klingberg. That, that signing didn't work out at all. Uh, but but again, I mean, they've got depth defensemen. Benoit's a nice find. Uh, Timmons is okay. Lilligren's there. Uh, you want to trade McKay, but I don't know if I would go there. But but you know, but they need some quality on that blue line, and they need quality up front. The left side on on the forward unit is just in a constant rotation, so that hasn't solidified. Then they're approaching where they play forty seven games, so uh, that that has to be worked out. I mean, we shouldn't be experimenting with the the, the, the left side of the forward unit top to bottom and, and searching for two pretty good defensemen, but that's where they are. Yeah. And that's kind of the tricky thing too, especially because the deadline and you know, when they come back, they, they face the Islanders who, as we all know, have, yeah. they have a bit of a history with, do you think after the all-star game, that Islanders game could be like a blowout? Do we think it's going to be close? Do you think both teams will have ring rust? Like, what do you think? I don't, I never really count games that go into breaks and come out of breaks. Cause I don't think, we ever refer to them ever again. So, you know, when we go into the, the Christmas break, I go, yeah, so what? Uh, the, the last game before New Year's, big deal. First game after New Year's, who cares? And going in and out of the All-Star break, I don't care. It's the weeks that follow the All-Star break, going into the trade deadline and, and after that I really care about. I, I'm not a big guy on, on first game back. That's fair. Kind of relating to uh, my students when it comes to just before Christmas break. I can't get them to pay attention to me for the life of me. <laughs> well, could you? Not at all. Literally, I'm sitting there and I'm like, guys, we have a test coming up on Thursday. And they're like, "This that's that's a Thursday problem. I'm like, today is Thursday. And they're like, oh, well, now it's a problem, Mr. Williams. But yeah. anything. One more question before I pass you off to my good friend, Kobe. If the Leafs do not make it to the playoffs, oh. what is what is your prediction for what will happen to the team? Well, I don't think they're going to trade the – core four forwards so and morgan riley but everybody else would be on the table including the coaching staff that's for sure um i i, th- I think they have enough to make the playoffs uh and, you know maybe this is the year i remember when washington won the cup everybody got, everybody got so fed up with them never doing anything that then they just went out and won the cup so i don't i don't know if that happens here this year but uh, you know it is funny that everybody sort of tuned out of the leaves but Maybe they get it done. I, it's just too many holes in that roster. I, I don't know that it's a fireable offense. Um, you know, maybe. Well, they've already spent some money on Nylander, so you know, back to the, the same problem: trying to find replacement parts that are supposed to be A players. Um, I, it's it's a tough fix. That that's for sure. It really is. And you brought up a good point. You're like core four plus Morgan Riley. I think we should yeah. just call it like the fearsome five. Now I'm done with the core four. Let's add Riley. He's earned his keep. Absolutely. Yeah, he's Thank a core. Four. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll start this, you and me. Yeah, yeah. you had mentioned a few teams in the Eastern Conference that are sitting in favorable positions, and you could argue that they have maybe exceeded expectations, kind of overplayed. But would you say that the Leafs are at where they should be? No, they're much lower than they should be. Um, based on Are you based on how they played or, or based on what we thought at the start of the season? At the start of the season, most people thought they'd win that division. Uh, based on how they played, they're probably right where they should be. They're just too up and down. And what do you think's the culprit there? Well, things just haven't meshed. Uh, even the star players, as good as they've been, 
have been in and out. I mean, Nylander had that marvelous point streak, and you know, but what's it worth? It's just not a full. You know, that lineup doesn't. You don't see the full look all the time. You see bits and pieces of it, but you don't see the full look on a game-to-game basis. Look, they and so they 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 play Winnipeg twice and sweep them. And if you could have predicted that that Ryan Reeves and Simon Benoit would have scored in the same game, that, that's a parlay somewhere, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Now, I'm not sure everyone's aware of this, and considering that we are a audio-only podcast, people should know you've got a great head of hair, Jim. <laughs> yeah, it's still there. <laughs> so, who who does your quaff? Where do you get it done? I get it done by this guy named Carmen, who used to actually cut it when I was in high school. He still cuts it. I, I, I escaped I escaped Carmen for a number of years, but I moved back to where he is, and, and he every two weeks I'm in there getting the, getting the trim, and I keep telling him it should be free. I'm coming back every two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and he just got an ad, so it better yeah, be free. It better right. be free. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, now, looking at what the Raptors have done this season, yeah. uh, part of ways with Pascal Siakam, were you a fan of that trade, yay or nay? Uh, you know, it's it, they're difficult trades because I think everybody has a, a, a value on Pascal Siakam that that would have been bigger than the return of, of Brown and uh, uh, Jordan Awara, uh, and there was a, and a who was the other guy, Lewis Jr. Kira Kyra Lewis Jr. Um, and, and so you know when you look at uh, what what they got for OG, uh, but having said that, sometimes it, it's not the same. You don't get the same return. They got draft picks. Brown looks good. He may be moved. Uh, Jordan Awara looks really good off the bench. So. Uh, you know, I, I you just can't. If you're going to be 13 games under 500, uh, you're not going to you're not going to re-sign Pascal Siakam. It doesn't make any sense. Okay. That's a lot. Of, that's a lot of money to to be under 500. Yeah, no, that's that's a fair assessment. You're basically saying it's time to move on because the the value there it doesn't add up. No, it, it's not worth your time. It's not worth the player's time. Um, and you know, it's it's a natural transition that they've done. Scotty Barnes is the guy. And so they let him grow into that. And uh, even Masai Ujiri has admitted, we don't know for sure if he's the guy, but we have to find out. Now, you hope that he is the guy, because if he's not, that, that's going to be another problem. That It'll be a Pascal Siakam problem in three or four years down the road where you're going to be, he's going to be worth a certain amount of money and it won't be your, your worthwhile to pay him. But, but the Raptors, they're in a different, difficult spot. They have to maintain themselves. They can't, they can't do a Detroit and bottom right out. And as we've seen, the draft lottery is is ridiculous anyway. So why mm-hmm. would you bottom out? Um, they've got a good core. They've got uh, quickly Barrett and, and Scotty Barnes, and you can build around that. And uh, just based on their game the other night against Chicago, without quickly, without Barrett, without Pirtle, um, they did a pretty nice job. So I think what they've acquired is is uh, made the roster deeper. Uh, you know, it's again, it's thirteen games under five hundred. That's that's an awful number. But you know, you move guys out, you bring guys in. It's like re- having a training camp again. So it's hard to really sort of put this team in into a category. How good are they? Well, we don't know. So probably won't know until next year. Given the draft capital that they've acquired, I mean, should the fans be optimistic? Uh, those are assets at this point. So there's two picks from 17 to 30, and then they have 31, which is Detroit's second-round pick. And and if they stay where they are, they're going to maintain their own uh, in the Pirtle deal, they're supposed to give one to San Antonio, but it's top six protected. But but here's where you get into sort of a a, a debate: is if they if they didn't really want they didn't really want the pick because they traded it away. So if they get it back, then next year or the year after, depending on where they finish, they still owe, owe uh, San Antonio a first round pick. So 
you know, and, that, and assume they have it, then they would have uh, from wherever they are and wherever the lottery puts them. So somewhere in the first, well, in the first 31 picks, they'd have four picks, but it's not a great draft. So, and I don't know if they're going to keep all those picks. So draft picks are great if you draft the right guy. Okay, so at this point, it's it's still a lottery. Yeah, it's uh, you know, are you going to get Scotty Barnes out of this draft? I don't think so. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, Jim, you've made a really good point about the upcoming draft. I mean, a, a number of, uh, I guess, observers. I think even uh, our friend, your friend, our friend Josh Lundberg has mentioned that it might be a little bit shallow in terms of talent outside of the, the lottery picks, but um, yeah. it appears that. The Masai jury is reloading. He, he doesn't strike me as a GM that ever wants to rebuild, but he's reloading. What What is your take on that and the how the front office has gone about things, not just this season, but even in the last couple of seasons as they've moved on from the 2019 championship? I'd much rather be reloading than rebuilding. I mean, with, with Barnes, uh, Quickly, and Barrett, there's a core there that you can build around uh, so you don't have to bottom out. I mean, this year, for whatever reason, even with the 17 wins, they still have a positive vibe about them. Uh, there's a new coach in there. Uh, the, the constant losing year after year just erodes a franchise and the fan base. And, you know, let's be honest here. They're never going to, if there's a, if there's LeBron James coming out in the next four or five years, they're never going to get that guy. He's never going to stay here. Uh, for whatever reason, he's just not because there are better opportunities south of the border that way. So they have to go about this in, in a certain manner to, to keep it, uh, respectable. And, and not bottom out and, and, uh, and go with young guys and, and play it, uh, an entertaining brand of, of basketball. Uh, when your team wins 12 games a year, I mean, we've been there. You go back, how, how far back would you have to go to about 2010 or, or 2011? The Marnani era. Oh, I, I mean, that, that was awful. I, I went to some of those games. It's like, what am I doing here? This is awful. <laughs> just, not, you're looking at the other team. You're not even, you're not even looking at your own team. That, that was just, oh. You don't want to go back to that. No doubt about it. Now, Jim, if if I'm not mistaken, you spent a number of you spent a lot of time at the home games of the Raptors, and yeah. the message coming out of the off season, coming into the season, was they wanted to get the vibes right. It was all about the vibes, the team energy. Yeah. From your observations at the arena, what's that been like this season? I guess there was a lot of talk about selfish. So I I don't know, like that that's sort of an internal thing, uh, and that's that could be as simple as. Um, somebody trying to score when they should have passed. I mean, that's something for a coach to identify. In, in the building, it's been fine. Uh, they, you know, there's a lot of games there uh, that they could have won that they didn't win. But this is different than if you go back over the last two years with Nick Nurse. This was a this was a gradual wear down. He wasn't going to play. He wasn't going to use the full bench because he didn't trust the bench, and so he would take those five starters and just grind them. And, and then there's three guys that would come off the bench that would play sporadically. And you could see the team wear down. That happened two years in a row. That's why they lost to Chicago in the play-in game. They had nothing left. Those guys were just pooped. Uh, this year, it's it's a different look that way. Like, you're still you're still figuring out who's coming off the bench. And there's different contributors there. And, you know, it's it's not uh, – it's sort of a work in progress, but but it hasn't been well-defined at this point. And, and hopefully after you get through the trade deadline, which is a week today, you'll see what there's left and, and maybe they can – have a nice run at the end, or at least, you know, put this thing headed in the right direction. Yes, guy. Yes, guy. <laughs> <laughs> you are listening to the Pro Source Podcasters, Justin Williams, Corbett Aron, and myself, Neil Spruce. We're talking with Jim Taddy, 
on TSN Radio in Toronto, TSN 1050. Make sure you check out the Yes Guy podcast wherever you get your podcasts and on TSN 1050. Jim, I just wanted to switch gears quickly to to the Blue Jays because, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if this climate change is starting to warm up in Toronto. I, I don't think spring's that close. I think we've still got a little, little bit more cold to come, but eventually when it does get warm and we do get that nice spring weather, we're going to get some baseball. What are your thoughts on, I guess, the way the the Blue Jays' offseason has been coming along. We had the hype with Shohei Otani potentially coming in free agency. That didn't happen, but they've made a couple of uh, additions to the to the roster with Justin Turner and Isaiah Kanapalefa. Yeah, I, th- I think it still comes down to um, what what is what exactly is Vladdy Guerrero Jr. and can he maintain or or get back to those numbers? And uh, you know, they just. I had a funny feeling last year when I would describe that team in, in conversations with people, I would say, you know, if that team, if you could replay that, that if you could put that season into AI and replay the season exactly as it was, it might come out a lot better. It was an odd season that way. They stranded so many runners. Um, the Otani thing is a great headline, um, but in I guess in the end, it, it's a big distraction or it gets in the way. I think they still need a bat to uh, to help uh, Vladdy out in the batting order. There, there's a couple of pieces missing that they may add during spring training, which isn't that far away. Um, but I, but I think you might look at the offseason as uh, underwhelming. Uh, whether or not that means anything is is hard to say because last year was fine. There's just some things that that happened that that were outliers, if you will. And and probably if you played it again, they wouldn't be outliers. So I, I, it's a hard. They're in an interesting spot. They, they could go. They they could be a lot better, or they could be worse. Yeah, for sure. It, it does seem like their finish last season was about right. They they made the playoff by the wild card. They they're finished above five hundred. But as as a fan, it did seem like they left us wanting a little bit more. So hopefully, the starting rotation can remain healthy. Like you said. If they can bring in another bat, ideally a left-handed bat, that would be nice. But obviously, there's there's moving parts with negotiation with agents and the, and the like. So hopefully, uh, they can make that acquisition soon rather than later. Yeah, and I guess because the Otani, because everybody knew the money that was going to be tossed around, that when you don't win that, uh, and and then you, everybody thinks you have that bag of money to throw at somebody else, it doesn't quite work that way. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I feel like Otani is the the unicorn or the the unique situation. So uh, many ownership groups would have been planning for that, but yes, it's it's a different market for the rest of the, the free agent pool. Now, I wanted to get your thoughts on something that might be a little bit controversial, but Uh-oh. I don't know if you're aware, but a Canadian is on the cover of MLB The Show for this year. Vlad Guerrero Jr. is on the cover. It has caused some noses to be turned out of joint amongst our American friends. What's your take on that? Is it is this uh, controversial or not? Yes, guy, no guy. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's not controversial here. <laughs> 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 it's one of those things that, as long as you're in this particular case, it's one of those things. If if it's your guy, then then everybody's happy. But but if it's not, then you're upset. So I I think you could. You know, the the criticism would be regionalized south of the border. So what do I care about that? I love it. Spoken like a true Canadian. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sir. Mr. Jim Taddy, uh, my question to you 
has Grady Dick lived up to the hype? Um, I'm, I'm going to say probably not. Uh, there's there's some work to be done there, but that doesn't mean I, I think what they're doing now actually is is getting a, a good long hard look at him. They brought him in obviously from the draft. They worked with him in the summer league. They worked with him in, in the G League and 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 worked with him. Sometimes you didn't see it, but in pregame, like, like I'm talking hours before, they would have worked with him while he was on the the Raptors roster, but he didn't play. So they're they've been trying to develop him. And I guess now they're, they're going to take a look at him as a player to see if they're, what they've invested in him is, is paying off. Uh, it's, not a, it's not a one-year commitment, but I, I think they'd like to know what he has. I fully agree with you because uh, I'm fortunate enough to live in Mississauga, so I have access to the 905 very quickly to my house. And I've seen him play there. And he's, it's, he, he, it's weird. He dominates like 26-plus points four or five assists, a couple rebounds, and you're like, awesome. And then he goes up to the Raptors, and it's like he's putting numbers that aren't, like, it's a drastic drop-off. So it's like, is it the skill? Is it maybe nerves? Like, I don't know what it is, but I definitely see the potential of a star, given the fact what he could do and dominate in the G League. Like, it's nobody's business. Well, I'm just looking at his numbers from the last game. He played 20 minutes. He did not score a point, but he had three rebounds and four assists and a steal. So he did participate. Uh, you know, and again, it's uh, it's going to be off the bench. So that sometimes it takes a little while to figure out what you have to do when you're coming off the bench because it's not something you would have been accustomed to. So that's part of the development program. It 100% is. Speaking of our other friend who's new to the team, Dennis Schroeder, uh, he came in. He was a hot ticket. He was doing well, but he's kind of simmered off, you know, kind of down to the means. Is Dennis what you thought he would be like to myself, I expect him to be about a 15 point kind of guy uh, about ish, three rebounds, a little more assists. I didn't expect him to be the biggest thing coming to Toronto, but I thought he'd be a factor. Yeah. And, and I guess uh, without Freddie, uh, he had to, he had to step in there. He started a lot. Uh, the first uh, half of the season lately, he's been starting again due to injury, but I, I think he's more effective off the bench. Um, and, I don't know if he's around after the trade deadline or not, but uh, that's something that uh, that's a guy that, that people might be interested in. Uh, I think he's uh, he's he could play on this team. I don't know that he's a regular starter, though. Uh, that's totally fair. But I mean, Gary Trent wasn't a regular starter for a while, but we understand that he, he's he gets hot sometimes. Yeah. And he, he's been playing recently. He's been playing better than. Uh, I've seen him play as of recent. So, I mean, I'm okay if Gary Trent kind of takes that spot for a bit. Per, I mean, we can have like a tandem 1A, 1B maybe? Well, it, it could be. But, you know, also Gary Trent's uh, contract situation, he's unrestricted in the summer. So I, I don't know that he's here next year or not. I, I like him as a player. There's no question about that. But, but at some point you have to make the commitment to him. So I don't know where that's going to go. I don't know either. But I'm, again, selfishly hoping he stays here. Yeah. Uh, one more question before I pass it off to Kobe. For the Raptors' development out of 905 and what they've done with Pascal and what they've done with Fred Van Vliet, do you see that happening again with a player who may not be on our radar just yet? I think it has to happen again. I mean, that, that's the, the nature of the franchise is that um, they're not going to have the, um, the LeBron-type player uh, you know, it's just because he's not going to stay. So what they need is is players to that they're going to find and develop. And you know, it's not just the draft. You you don't just draft guys. You find other players and develop them. And that's the, certainly the Freddie story. Uh, you know, and that's that's part of this. It's a vital part of this franchise. So they have to have it happen. Darn right, they do. Yeah, Jim, you've been covering the Toronto market for 
a very long time. Yes, guy. Right? You've seen the development of a number of different franchises, and it is a very booming sports market, but is it still a hockey town, or are things changing? It, it could be. It's. I have two answers for that. It's, it's a hockey town. Uh, like, I always equate the Leafs to golf, and you're going to say, what the hell are you doing? Well, golf is, it has its own economy. It makes no sense. You'll, you'll buy a driver for five hundred and fifty dollars, and three months later, it's worth twenty-five. That makes no no sense what people spend on golf. For the Leafs, the Leafs all they have to do is win four in a row, and everybody thinks they're going to win the Stanley Cup because it hasn't happened since nineteen sixty-seven. So they have their own economy, uh, and so they're they're um, I don't know how to how to you know the, the term to describe how the Leafs are, but they're they're sort of the fans' version of golf to me. The other teams, I mean, the Raptors when they won their NBA title, they. They they control the country, so so they're in pretty good shape that way. Uh, but the Leafs have a lot of forgiveness. The Raptors haven't tested that yet. We may find out. And the Jays, you know, we had a long time between uh, playoff seasons for the Jays, and so you know they've been forgiven. But if they went back down to not being competitive, I, I don't know how that would work. So my I guess the quick answer is the Leafs have their own uh, forgiveness program, and, and the others are based on winning and being competitive. Now, based on your your radio shows, who are the most vocal? Um, how do you mean that? <laughs> who complain the most? Oh, well, the, the Leaf fans will, because they'll give you the history lesson. They'll take you away back <laughs> to seven. Uh, Raptors fans are, are really knowledgeable, and, and they like to talk about the game. And, and that's, the, that's the difference between the two, is, is the Leafs are, they've got this, this big, huge elephant they have to deal with. And Raptors fans just love basketball, good basketball. So there's no cross to bear with a Raptors fan. I mean, come on, it's uh, what uh, four years since the five years now since they won their their title. So that that's that'll always you know carry them for the next 25 years or so. Hopefully, we don't have to wait that long. But but it's certainly something that everybody's going to remember for a long time. Damn straight, damn straight. Uh, yeah, it's uh, hopefully it's sooner rather than later. Now, <laughs> Jim, we haven't. I uh, got this cleared with the the legal team for yes guy, oh, no guy. Oh. But I'm going to ask you. If you could... I'll be sending you a notification. Don't worry about it. All right. I look forward to the cease and desist in the morning. But yes. Before we get to that, <laughs> we, want, we, we want to finish off with a, a little game. We want to put you in the chair for yes guy, no guy. We've got a couple of oh, questions oh. we prepared for you. Uh, so, oh, unauthorized use, I have to say right away. Okay. Well, if I buy you a few beers and dinner, will that, um, will that settle? Can we well, settle that Legal staff, no, they just gave you the thumbs down. Wow. Oh, no guy. <laughs> no. <laughs> no guy. Okay. I, I, I think it would work if I actually played the game instead of being the victim. All right, let's do that. <laughs> let's do that. Let's have fun with that. We'll play the okay. game. Are, are I promise you have fun. Yeah, yeah of course. course. <laughs> okay. All right, All ladies right. and gentlemen, boys and girls, drivers and passengers, time now for a yes guy, no guy on the pro sports podcasters. Okay, so here we go. Yes guy, no guy, number one. The Raptors will come out of the trade deadline and be in actually better shape than they are right now. Yes guy, no guy. I'm going to say, I'll, I'll take this one, boys. Yep. I'm going to say yes guy for 2024-2025. Uh, I do think as of today, they are already a playing team, a team that can get into the, the 9 10 spot. I feel like the way Brooklyn are slumping, they can overcome them. Jakob Pertl's due to come back from injury. He's a uh, presence that they need under the post. And they, if they if they can add some 
some more depth to the roster. And with RJ and I, um, IQ coming back from injury as well, I think they're in a great position to make the playoffs in the short term as well. So for me, that's a yes guy. Okay, yes guy, no guy number two. The Leafs will stumble into the playoffs and go further than they have been in a long time. They'll get through the second round, even with this lineup. Yes guy, no guy. I'll take this one, boys. Uh, I'm going to go with a yes guy just because I'm a diehard Leafs fan. But also, I feel like recently the Leafs can turn it on kind of when they need to. For example, Samsonov made that amazing, albeit weird, shorthanded two-on-one save. That rallied the Leafs back. We saw him hold that title. Then when uh, we faced the, the Winnipeg Jets again, we slapped them. And they find a way to win against teams they should win, minus the Islanders. Oh, I like that. So there's the parlay. Benoit scores, Samsonov gets a win, and Reeves scores all in the same game. I wonder what the odds are. <laughs> wow. I think we could retire with that one. Absolutely. Yes, guy. Yes, guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, guy, no guy number three. The Argonauts will stumble out of the starting gate and finish strong and win the Great Cup. Yes, guy. Yeah, I, I know Justin's co-signing that because uh, we have a similar mindset. Yes, as you as you touched on earlier in our interview, Jim, they didn't have adversity in 2023, but a slow start with a couple of losses, that might be the tonic that they need, just to remind them that while they are a good side, they're, they're really strong on the ball defensively, their ability to get takeaways, uh, you know, one or two losses, ideally against Western Conference opposition, could just keep them in check a little bit, and then that will keep them uh, in good stead for... October and November, and then they can raise the Grey Cup once again. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes our Yes Guy, No Guy. Oh, that was so cool. (laughs) (laughs) That was beautiful. Jim. Yes, Guy. Yes, Guy. It's been a pleasure having you on. Where can our our fans find you on social media? On social media, well, just by name at Jim Taddy is uh, the Twitter or the X account, and that'll bounce you through everything. So uh, that's that's where you find me, and of course on TSN ten fifty and wherever you find a podcast, including iHeartRadio. It's that's uh, right, it's a great yeah. show. When I'm on the road on Thursdays and Fridays, I make sure I tune it at ten a.m. and I get the goodness that is Yes Guy. Oh, very nice. Great to have somebody out there. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. No, uh, we really appreciate your time, Jim. It's been a pleasure to have you on. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. For even more of your favorite sports content, be sure to visit the website www.prosportspodcasters.com. On our website, you will find our sports blog, full podcast library, access to our YouTube channel, and deals from our affiliate partners. You can also sign up to become a PSP Insider and get exclusive access to our insider tips, sponsor giveaways, and insider newsletter. So don't miss out on the full Pro Sports Podcasts experience, where no sport is left behind.